Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. I know what all Jay's answer would be. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Nerd joke right there. Which I got. Too like, do you know what? I got into a whole Twitter beef with someone because I tweeted that lyric. I went, triangles are my favourite shape. Three points where two lines meet. And this guy was like, you're such an idiot. That's completely incorrect. It's actually, <laughs> he said it's actually um, three points where two, no, he said like there's two lines meet at every, he went into this whole. It's one point where two lines meet. Yeah. Correct. And I was like, it's a lyric that I understand. <laughs> no, it's not, because they say we're, it's three, three, point, points. three points where two lines meet. Yeah, That's three correct. points where two, two lines, lines meet. meet. Yeah, and so he's, one point, two points, three points. Where two he, lines where, meet. Yeah. I don't know what his argument was now, I'm thinking about it. How can you argue that? You know, the Don argued even, with me for like 20 minutes. I was even trying to find logic, but it was actually no... It was, no, it's Triangles three, because they say yeah, three points where two lines meet. And that's true, because at every point, two lines meet. And my favourite shape is a triangle, by the way. No, it isn't. It is. My favourite shape is a triangle. I don't like squares. Why? None in my circle. Are you... Rapping. 
Why do you like triangles? Is it because of that All J song? No, I do like All J though. Sweet. Um, yeah. Um, what is it about triangles that you like? I, I just like the shape. I'm allowed to, aren't I? You, yeah, totally. I'm Illuminati. <laughs> All right, so um, was there any point at which you decided the triangle was your favourite shape? Uh, literally just now when you asked me. I've never <sighs> been like, do you know what I like about being interviewed sometimes, especially when they're like good interviews, is people ask you questions that you haven't been asked before, so you're made to think about things that you haven't thought about before. And I've never been asked. No one's ever been as courteous as to ask me what my favourite shape is, and it is a triangle. What's your favourite colour? Purple. Why? Don't know. It always has been. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, what is your favourite sound? My favourite sound. Um, do you know what I really like? Actually, I've only ever been diving once, but you get to this point where there's a different type of silence, and it's not it. You you can't find that anywhere above water, and it was quite a scary experience because I was without a cage and there were sharks. It was in an aquarium in Chester. One of them was a lemon shark, and I was told that if a, I fell, a what shark? A lemon shark. And I was told if I if I fell, not to put my hands up because if it was above me, it's got a feeding mechanism. So like if little fishes, which to the shark I was basically a little fish. If they swim along its stomach, it just snaps, so it feeds. So yeah, they were like, don't put your your hands up because if you touch its belly, it'll just eat your arm. That's wild. Yeah, but now there's a really there is a real there's a real peacefulness underwater. Underwater. Mm. The silence of underwater. Yeah, which is not quite silent but you become really aware of your own breathing and your heart and it's probably quite similar to, to meditation, I suppose. Yeah, really similar. Which I'm terrible at. I've always found it quite fascinating that the human breath sounds the same as the ocean rolling in and out of the shore. What else um, makes you feel peaceful? What helps you to feel peaceful? Creating. Which is weird because it's quite a chaotic process sometimes. It really There's is. There's a lot of walking around and shaking hands and, and ah, ah, I'm nearly, and, ah, and then you find the word and then you shake hands again because you're excited. Um, but it, for me, that's getting everything that's inside out. And sometimes it's nonsensical and it's just because it's funny. But that's a good self-defense mechanism, which I think is probably quite telling. Yeah. You know, how do you disarm people? You. Well, it's catharsis, isn't it? But it is, yeah. For me, it is definitely. And I think any anyone that has some sort of outlet, you know, for some people it's dance, for some people it's, it's boxing, for some people it's painting, for some people it's singing, for some people it's knitting. Sure, my nan used to knit a lot. Yeah, so knitting looks really person. peaceful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think being able to get what manifests inside out is really important because when things manifest inside and we bottle them up, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And kind of all consuming, didn't they? Yeah, a little bit. Mm, which is quite a horrible place to be at. So when you can get stuff out. And I didn't even realise that via music, I was kind of doing something what a lot of people who do CBT do, which is journaling. Where, yeah. Uh, which is really important. But I was doing that via music for years without even knowing. So, uh, and it definitely, it, I hate I hate ending sentences on so. I really so I, I started to realise when I do it. And the sentences on so. so. It's like an open ending to a sentence that you don't finish. It really annoys me when other people do it and now I've done it. But open ended is quite good. It's welcoming. It's like a big sentence hug. What, an open end. <laughs> yeah. An open end is always welcoming. No, so you, you speak about creativity being a form of relaxation and also a, a chaotic process. Yeah, and also the cause of huge anxieties. But that's you, be, that's you being a creator. Yeah. Do you ever feel as though other people's creativity 
has an impact on your mental health, good or bad. Yeah, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, everyone always refers to cycles as, or in my, or from maybe it's just what I listen to, but people always tend to refer to cycles as being a negative thing mm. and people being part of negative cycles and not breaking the cycle. I grew up in a cycle that I wanted to break, my dad not being a present father, for instance. Yeah. Um, us having no money, no security, no stability. Um, and you think about all those cycles, which quite often become self-perpetuating because people don't, you know, they lack the self-awareness to take a look at themselves and realise that the reasons for their behaviour become an excuse because they're of an age where they can make a change. Yeah. It's just not easy. It's not the easiest thing to do, you know, have that long, hard look in the mirror and work out that if something keeps happening, you're probably the problem, not the other people. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but then you can actually be part of a positive cycle because when I was young and, and I used to want to run away from everything... I wouldn't run anywhere. I would sit in my room and I'd put my headphones on and I'd turn my music up really loud. And I'd listen to artists who told stories that I could half relate to. And you could tell they come from a similar place to where I was at or they spoke about things emotionally that I could relate to. But they'd put themselves in a position where they could do that from other countries. So I'm listening to artists from the other side of the world who are talking about things that I relate to who are now living better lives because they've found success through... Right. Creativity. Yeah. Through music, right? Yeah. Um, it's and escapism. Then, and actually, I've managed to go on to become part of that cycle because through all the traumas that I've been able to turn into positives through my music, I've been able to reach out and help people in the same way that the music that I used to listen to has helped me. And that's a positive mm. cycle. And that's all about perspective because I just, you know, for a long time, I looked at the worst in everything, especially myself. Um, and then, yeah, I just feel like I've, I've kind of come out the other side of that and realising actually I'm part of a positive cycle is quite a good feeling. Yeah. And also just neg negative. The thing is, you, you know, people talk about making the same mistakes over and over at a certain point in your life. Again, normally when you're old enough and ugly enough to realise what you're doing, you're not making mistakes, you're making decisions. Yeah. And bad decisions, but bad decisions by whose account? Yeah. Because that's the other thing, you know, we, we always guilt ourselves over stuff, but if you and I want the same thing at the same time, then bad, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, every, a lot of things are we subjective. Wanna go, we want to go for a night out. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, but for then real. we guilt ourselves because oh, I've got a hangover and I should be doing this and it be, you know, it's time. You're talking about the, you, it, the, ju the judgmental aspect of being a yeah, human. But yeah, but then, and how, but how much of what you think of yourself is it's what external. you, yeah, is what you project onto yeah. other people's perception of yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's deep. That, that's a massive part of the mental health conversation. But, so how, but how much of you is you? That's what I find really, uh, that's the, the aspect of it which I'm really interested in at the moment is how much of you is you and how much of it is what you project onto other people's perception of yourself. Well, it's your, you are naturally going to be a cauldron of, other people's experiences mm -hmm. but also just it depends what like i could read a text message from you one day and it could piss me off i could read it the next and it could not yeah but it's just about where Your my head's at on that day yeah. exactly so we could have a conversation i do something stupid and you laugh you think i'm funny and you walk away thinking i'm funny but i walk away thinking you think i'm an idiot yeah so my, it's reflective my of how you feel about myself yourself. is what I've projected onto you yeah. and your perception of me. But that's got yeah. nothing to do with what you actually think yeah. of me and no, everything to do with what I think of myself. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's where I'm at at the moment, China. But even in that example, that you've got quite far in understanding that it's you at the root mm -hmm. and you with the control. Yeah. And that's the main, that's, the, that's where everyone's be, looking to get then to. Then I suppose it's what Monk spent years doing it for but it's trying to not attach yourself to every thought or feeling 
Well, I think that I think one comment, and I don't know this absolutely, but one conversation I think is interesting is the difference between thought and feeling. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of, um, I think a lot of conflict or internalized frustration comes from us being inauthentic to how we feel in a moment mm-hmm. because we judge ourselves. Yeah. So it's okay to feel like that. So for example, yeah. if you said something to me that because of my past experience and my own perspective triggered in me a response mm-hmm. that to you would be a bit wild but to me it's, it's very real yeah if I wasn't to acknowledge truly that I feel like that and not judge myself for feeling like that, yeah. yeah, then you can just allow it to move through you and mm-hmm. that's authentic. Yeah. But if you feel I shouldn't feel like this or yeah, yeah. if I respond like this, I'll be judged, that's when things start to get messy. Confines of society. Yeah, and you suppress stuff. Yeah, you do that. And then it's mad with that. So if you, in another example of that is if you allow someone to do something more than once without saying something, and gradually it builds up because you let that person carry on doing something which is causing you a problem for whatever reason. Yeah, you haven't set a boundary. Then, yeah, but then when you respond, that person's got no idea. So it's like them doing it for the first time, but your response is completely disproportionate, yeah. which is why I just think, just be straight talking. Yeah, you just have be, to. Well, that's actually yeah. what you've described there is, is something called toxic anger, which yeah. is that I did a course around emotional um, trauma and it was one of those things is, that they, they stressed on it. It's called the bridge. It's phenomenal. They said, um, they tried to stress the, the power of saying, ouch mm-hmm. and doing it in a healthy, responsible way. Not, yeah. not being, not being enraged, yeah. just saying, ouch, cause you have, you have to respond. Yeah. If you don't respond, like you say, and it happens again and again, you end up with resentment, criticism. Yeah. And all uh, this stuff's happening inside you. Yeah. Totally. The other person has nice, no, I hate such a terrible thing as well, because you walk around burdened with this feeling that is not even, you know, and I guess there's a part of you at a point that wants the other person to feel a certain way, but they don't generally. People who walk around spending their whole lives pissing people off are generally quite blissfully unaware. Yeah. Um, so to, to, to have hatred towards someone really only affects... You've got to control what you yeah, can. it's your energy. Or just submit to, you know, surrender to what's outside of your reality. And control. But yeah, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is like real deep into it. Well, but you, this wanted is to get, you wanted to get from music yo, to mental health. This is like, this is I it. feel like I've learned so much in the past couple of years. 100%. Like way more than I, but it took everything that led up to that to, to push me into a space where I really wanted to start to understand myself and my own actions and my decisions and my choices because everyone's always like, you know, leave it up to fate. But I think that's just what, that's that's taking responsibility away from from you for your actions in a lot of instances. Right. I, I, you know, there's... I mean, yeah, I think there's a, there's a certain uh, detachment from the self, which I think is quite healthy. Yeah to have feel at one with the universe rather than just be allow yeah, it to know that you're not the only one that's in because your actions will only determine so much but you're, what we just said you're not in control of someone else's actions you yeah. can provoke them but that's at a point where you've involved yourself in their yeah. actions but you can't you should be responsible what, yeah yeah of course no, I, I, I do enjoy being irresponsible well as long as you are aware of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, that Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Finding your perfect home was hard. 
But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I was going to ask, so you talk about, um, as a child, there was an element of escape you found in the creativity of others. Mm -hmm. Is there a song that you'd say could bring you back to a particular time and place? Do you know what? More recently than when I was a kid... Um, where is my mind by the Pixies? Because mm. wow, I I sampled it, um, and it came about last minute. I didn't know I had to do a cover for this live session that I was doing, and I only found out the night before. So I had to pick a really well-known song. So I picked that, which they were like, "That's a bit left. Why do you even know mm. that song?" Because I used to skate. Assumptions. I used to mates, you know, I used to watch and make skate videos. I listened to all sorts of stuff. I couldn't tell anyone in the flats that I listened to. Otherwise, I'd have been a grunger and I'd have got bullied. <laughs> really? For real? Yeah, man. You were either, like, I grew up in between the, the, the street mates and the rude boys, innit? And there was no real, like, now it's different. The internet's opened everyone up to everything. Everyone can listen to everything without any kind of judgment. And I think the influences of that are coming through in everyone's music. I mean, yeah, hip hop's had, like, a bizarre grunge moment. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, and Grime has had a punk moment um but yeah where is my mind um i did a version of it which we called spinning out with think f-i-n-k yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not me being you know me not pronouncing my th's it's actually think i would be fine if you uh, did well, I, I do and i don't sometimes i use my tech but i flow between telephone voice and normal voice uh -huh. time. depends you're trying to impress yeah really and uh, well i learned early on the best way to communicate with people is the best way to Posh understand voice. no <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, back to that song. So I, the, the video never came out. It was always like the single that I felt should have been from the second album. And we used three years of footage um, to create this collage of just all these brilliant and amazing moments that I was lucky enough to encounter along the journey once I'd started doing well in music. Um, and so because of that, that song puts me into all of those places at once. Really? As well as takes me back to when I used to listen to it and the placebo cover of it. Of it. Um, How old were you when you first... Heard it. I was young. Really? Yeah, I was young. I, I can't. I and it's an instant. Yeah, it's just, yeah, straight away. You know, it's like songs. You can't uh -huh. help it. You just hear them and that's it. What do you think that is? Um, I just, God knows. Frequencies. Yeah? I don't know. Maybe like something, something, in... something you identify. Something in the way is another song that I love. Mm. Nirvana. Um, yeah, shout yeah. out Kurt. Yeah, mate. Absolute king. In terms of emotions and the varied feelings that one experiences yeah could you almost assign say a song that you'd listen to when you feel when you felt sad when you feel sad or a song that has popped up when you feel more happy or you know these are very ambiguous terms yeah nah do you know what that one song does both things um, Green Day Time of Your Life it's like so bittersweet because it's melancholic proper yeah it mm. makes you think of, of, of times where, which you've kind of along the way just told yourself Chinese whispers about um, Fink actually has a really good line that is not everything was better in the past, which I think is really, really worth right. taking on board. Because we do through, you know, we our memories become almost memories of memories. And we always tell ourselves, oh, you know, I wish I could feel like that. You know, conversations you have with yourself, I wish I could feel Nostalgia. like that again. But that goes back to kind of the bittersweet feeling of it, because it, it, it reminds me of times of old. But then I'm like, times of old are so much better. They know I wish I could feel like that. But actually, life's 
fucking sick now. Yeah. Yeah. So there's what, been a lot of, but that's getting over. I think a lot of us have problems severing ties, severing ties with people, severing ties, you know, and toxicity, you know, we, we spoke about toxicity. Um, I think that exists in so many forms and you, you kind of feel like an affinity towards people and, and situations because of where you were at a point in time, but that was a point in time and it's not necessarily yo, that's, now. That's what I find interesting though, because music I find can often attach yeah. Right. Place and time. Is there any songs you can't listen to anymore? No, 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 no. I don't share my music with the women I go out with. They're always my songs. <laughs> but you don't, you, you guys haven't experienced hearing a song for the first no, time together? No, no, no. Well, no, Surely. Me, me and Scribbler have. Um, I love how you just jumped to relationships there too. Yeah, no, it me can and Scribbler, me and Scribbler, yeah, no, but relationships can be friendships. Me and Scribbler heard um, The Sky Was Pink, Icelandic version. Yeah, but no, I'm asking, I'm asking what song <coughs> can you not listen to anymore? What song can I not listen to anymore? Because for me, like, I not listen to is is pretty not listen to is quite it's, full on yeah no, but there's, there's I, I remember no like there's a song by the Maccabees for right. me First Love and I think it was like a painfully painfully mushy like teenage <laughs> romance where we'd made some kind of hand dance oh my god and I was like and I love the Maccabees no I listened to the song but I just can't I've, I've memories with back. the song true it's not always bad or two face kisses you know just for, I'm, I'm trying to think if there was okay so the James Blake version of um, oh my god what's the song Sophie's first song and it's the Jodie Mitchell song um, Case of You he covered that yeah mate it's fucking that comes beautiful. on every time I, I plug my iPhone in it's an absolutely gorgeous song it's beautiful um, yeah, it's a be- it is a beautiful that was, song um, I think it was played I should know this really, shouldn't I? But I think it was the song that was played as we left the church or as we walked into the church. But I don't have any bit of memories of it because uh, I heard that song before the day I got my... I don't really have any... You have no song you can't listen to. I have no song I can't I, listen there's to. There's no shame in that. I could yeah. listen to Maccabees if like, I There's nothing that I can't... like. There's nothing I feel like if I put that on that's going to take me out of where I'm at. But if I feel a certain way, I will go and... Like, if I'm sad, I don't want to hear happy songs. I want to listen to sad songs. Yeah, you want to feel the frequency. Yeah. That's interesting. Because I think that, and I didn't realise that at the time, but then learning things, you know, it's, it's that's about being, essentially, that's about being okay with how you feel. It's not saying I'm not going to feel like this, it's saying I'm going to double feel like this. I'm going to be sad, I'm going to listen to sad It's like songs, an acknowledgement. I'm going to get the sadness out. It's an acknowledgement of how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. I really want to try and um, talk more just about the connection though, between music and memory. Because I, I, I do think it's really powerful. Yeah. And uh, Pixies is dope. Yeah. One more chance remix. Yeah. First at Roller City or Roller Express in Edmonton, whatever it was first, it was called both at different points. But um, so I'm just skating around, probably playing Bulldog. I was a really good skater. Really? Really, really good skater. Um, But um, I remember hearing that and what is like who is this because all the kids in my flats all the older kids used to listen to Jungle Jungle was massive in East Jungle was just massive that was just massive at the time um, I never really knew what was wrong with their faces when they come back from uh, <laughs> there used to be like a thing on I forget where it was what was it called I was too young to go obviously 
um, I was on Ebridge Road, but yeah, they'd all wander in. We'd all be out early playing in the flats, and they'd wander back from these raves and be like, "What's wrong with their faces?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we found That's out later on in life. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, jungle was big. Helicopter, one three eight trek. Big up DJ Zinc. Mm. Um, what else takes me back? So now that was my introduction to Biggie. Who's still my favourite rapper today? I remember my dad had. Um, I watched Above the Rim with him and he had Regulate on CD single but a B-side as they did back then and the B-side was Pain by Tupac mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's a prominent song for me because I heard that with my dad yeah and I, but he supported Tottenham I supported Arsenal he played Tupac I like Biggie yeah maybe it was all just me having one big tantrum are there any lyrics that you've written yourself that I find that often I I figure things out once I've written them. I think we were touching on this in yeah. before. It's like journal, catharsis. Yeah. Are there any, have there been any moments when you've written a lyric and thought, I didn't know I felt like that until I wrote it? Yeah, but I can't remember the lyric. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, that's so annoying because as soon as you said it, and I should really know it because it's, fa- it's one of my favourite things that I've written um, because of that reason. And it was the third verse on Today I Cried. Ah... Uh... And I can't remember. Yeah, I, you know, you have to. Rem- I, I'd need to hear it to get into it. But so also, I do have. I mean, look, we don't have to go yeah, through yeah. these, but I do have one of the fantastic team has printed out some of your lyrics. Okay. Just in case I forgot some of them, it's quite difficult to. Uh, <clears throat> it's like a sieve with you. So anyway, explain. Explain. Well, it's just you have to filter out. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> so here's one the most recent the most recent like you know proper proper single vibes yeah um, one on the door right yeah do you know that's what my publicist used to call me what big up Phoebe Sinclair she's usually you know I was more than a publicist she, I met her as her being my publicist through her being my publicist and then we just became pals. Um, and she always, she goes, you always got one eye on the door, you, haven't you? Really? And I said, I'm going to use that in a song one day. And lo and behold. Really? Yeah. What is that? Why well, have you got one eye on the door? It's just, well, you know, it's always, it's always a way out. What's the, what's, what's... Exit, in the, <laughs> in case of emergency. I know. <laughs> Sorry, me reading it out like this is a myth. This is what I'm saying, words are meant I know, to be. I know I'm on my, wor- I know I know I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life, but I like stress. Yeah. I don't know why, it just seems to be that whenever there's upset, I'll pray at my best. Yeah. Explain. Self-sabotage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, grow up, chaotic, chaotic start to life, chaotic household, chaotic upbringing, chaotic everything, um, chaotic relationships. Like if a relationship, there was definitely a period where if a relationship was calm and everything was quite linear, albeit there was, should have been content it wasn't because I was looking for that chaos in everything when, and that's the problem yeah, I, I thought I wanted calm you need it yeah but I was feeding off of chaos There's that's a really like I've definitely worked that one out that you and need chaos me. well still. no not even still but it's I, also I think if there is there's no point really in looking for calm outside of you if there's chaos inside you you've got to deal with that chaos right um, and disruption and I used to there's like I, actually I just started write, I write for a website called The Book of Man and the yeah I've column, seen these the column I'm writing right now is called The Big Red Button and it's all about the looming red button which is the self-sabotage button yeah which is always there. I know that very Everything's well everything's sweet so what I'm going to do just to 
shake things up a little bit and so I can get back in the studio and create shit because all of my stuff comes Yo, from chaos I'm going to push the red button I'm literally working through this in therapy right, right now it's bullshit you don't the creativity and, and the, the inspiration can come from positive things in your life as much as it can and you can still talk about the negative without having to be completely bloody consumed by it you, sh- you, sh- you sure about that? I am sure about that yeah because I'm doing it at the moment brilliant life's sweet yeah I mean, it's a very real... I can say that out loud and I used to be scared to go, I'm happy. Imagine that. I'm scared to say I'm happy because I'm worried about what's around the corner. Ah, Where do you think that comes from? Um, From so much shit happening when I was younger. That's, you know, I'm not excusing it. I'm just like, that just is what it was. It was always, there was was a real fear. And do you know what it was as well? It was anxiety. And it's people always talk about intuition and, and trust in your gut. And I can do that now, but for a larger period of my life and for, well, for the larger part of my life, I couldn't because how can you trust your gut if you've always got a knot in it? And that was where it come from. And that was what made me feel frantic. That was what made me feel unsure. That was what made me question myself. It was all the anxiety that come from the childhood that I had that I'd never really dealt with. And do you feel like you're in a better place in regards to your anxiety now? Yeah, much. I don't wake up with it every day. And, but anxiety, it serves a purpose. But fight or flight happens to us all too often in the lives that we lead now. So to, to, to undo everything that happened, but also then kind of get perspective on life and when worry is important and when it isn't is really difficult. How, do you, how have you managed to, to cope with anxiety have you developed any strategies any mechanisms um yeah i find that doing like being kinder to self is a really good start and for me that was like less drink less drugs um less stressful friendships relationships people that i knew i i shouldn't be giving time and effort and energy to you know sometimes you'll see a phone number come up on your phone and it gives you anxiety, you anxiety. Cut that pay person. attention to it yeah, that technically is your gut cut though. that person off yeah but then sometimes there's so much of it there anyway that it's just like how anxious am I today yeah and you um, think of it as informing your... yeah but then it's, it's having again what we were talking about earlier and just severing ties you can't feel like if you're no good to yourself you're no good to anyone else so there's no point in trying to help everyone if you're not doing what's right by you but you have to work out what's right by you you know, that's no one else's job, really. You can you can seek help to do it, but ultimately, I think we all know what's right by us. Mm, I think we. Do you think? Yeah, I think that doesn't mean we always make the the right decisions. It doesn't mean we always think what's right by me. I'm going to make my decision based on that. But um, I feel as though we sometimes forget when we talk about self love and and self care and self 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 that the reason why we have communities and com- and have the ability to converse mm-hmm. is t- essentially just to share knowledge. Yeah, but we don't do that. We're individualists. We share what we got up to. We share who we shagged. We share who we got fucked with on the weekend. We well, share what we just bought. We share, you know, what money we're making. We share our problems. We share so much, but we don't generally sit down and have conversations like we're having now and share positive things. Why do you think that is? For positive reasons, because we are raised in a society where we're, kind of taught we have to look after ourselves and in doing so we don't look after others you know it's how we deal with things you can even see it in the press right so right now there's this whole thing around knife crime and street violence and and everything right Mm. but that's deemed a problem for a certain part of society not society when actually that's a problem for the whole of society but we're so individualist that you know if you're not involved in it then why'd you give a fuck it doesn't affect you until it affects you but you do believe that we benefit as a society from 
open, being more inclusive in how we discuss. Definitely. Like we talk about, so, you know, I hate statistics. I prefer the people behind them. But if one in every two families who come from disadvantaged backgrounds are broken homes, who's bringing up those children? I was lucky. I had a great grandmother. Not every broken home has a great grandmother. Some of them just have mums that have to make a decision between working and having enough money to support a child or emotionally supporting the child. If they don't give both, where does that child find emotional support and validation? Quite often in the wrong places because they're growing up in you know a worse environment than yeah. most people are exposed to and then become desensitized to things because things are normalized that they should that should never be yeah i could talk about this for a while with you one thing i would like to ask yeah um because it's quite heavy when okay. we speak about this stuff and i often find I, my personal opinion is that i think mental health also has there's a stigma attached to mental health and that it's inherently negative mm-hmm that's a struggle, it's always difficult, mm-hmm. that um, it's an illness at times. We, and I'm, it can be. Yeah. But part of me, I'm just investigating this as well, this isn't yeah, part yeah. of me, because I, I, you know, ADHD is probably what affects me the most. Yeah. I've, obviously, I've experienced depression and anxiety in, in various degrees. But I almost now at the moment, I want to embrace a bit of, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure if I agree with normal. Yeah. You know what is normal, and again, but that comes. So with ADHD, I think it's much that is it was it ever your problem or was it a problem for? I mean, it's honestly like other people. My, I, you know what we were talking about earlier and about it's perception trying to f- and fix into to, yeah, to an idea. Well, you're not like you're not like me, so it's a problem. It's yeah. a condition. But why it again? Are all conditions negative. No, no, no. But I, I, I just great, can, I, like, can you just can, can, I, what I really want you to do is because yeah. there's a few bits and bobs. I know you're you you. Would you say you have OCD as well? Somewhat, yeah. Is there any, like... Can you tell me a funny story that is to do with mental health? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just just like... Oh, do you know what? So if I get really busy and I get really stressed, then my OCD is more, more prominent. And my OCD tends to present itself as hypochondria, right? It doesn't reach mania, I don't, yeah, but it definitely... It, it, you know, I'm not manic, but it definitely reaches hypochondria. And I can definitely have periods of panic, which would be called episodes. Right. Um, I, I, I was on tour, starts every bad story. <laughs> um, and I had sex with a girl in Germany. I used a condom. There was no other contact. The condom didn't break, nothing. Yeah. Come back off a tour, two day break. It's a weekend. I'm at my house. I get really sick. Glands up everywhere, puking, really, really ill. But it's only a couple of days after. Yeah. Dr. Google bad idea don't just don't ever let dr google tell you anything because it's either cancer or aids right right? and i didn't worry about cancer so i find uh my doctor was at my wedding which tells you how many times i subsequently went to see (laughs) said doctor um and so i'm like shit man because i didn't sleep about much i was pretty like i was mr monogamous when was this this was, uh, I just, I don't want to put a date and time on it. Um, listen, I'm being pretty open here. Just deal you with are being, it. Yeah, right? I hear you, bro. So, um, so I go to the doctor, I explain everything. Did you have any oral sex? No. Did the condom break? No, definitely no. Um, right, so what are you worried about? He's like, you've got a viral infection. I was like, yeah, but like, and he just started laughing. Uh. He's like, well, listen, I can give you a test, but not for four weeks. <laughs> like four weeks he's like yeah you you won't get accurate results for four weeks so you're gonna have to that four weeks of my life 
was spent going between I'm being an idiot the doctor said I'm being an idiot to you've definitely got something really serious wow. and it's not like I weren't worried about chlamydia like I was catastrophizing which is something I've done for a large part of my life as well um, which all ties into my mental health problems so I'm like shit 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 obviously have the test and fine but then like it just that opened up a whole can of worms because yeah you start reading into I things I remember you talking to me about this but then do you want to know the funniest thing about all of that is that after I had the test, bearing in mind I'd spoken to Rince about this, yeah. and I lived with Rince and Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he goes, "Oh yeah, bro, like it's mad. Uh, the week before you come back, I had the same thing." He <laughs> <laughs> just gave you a virus. Love that. Jeez, That's mate. wild. Thanks for the four weeks of panic and the subsequent um, visits to the doctor. Well, it's it's good that you can look back on it and and also just take care, man. Be you know, take precautions. Prevention is better than cure. To be fair, there was responsibility embedded in that story, and yeah. ultimately, I took responsibility. Yeah, I was responsible, so and I didn't you've... need to be at the doctor panicking or spending the next four weeks panicking. That is, that is funny. Maybe I shouldn't have told that story. Mine's yeah, well, look, listen. <laughs> that cream goes off. Casuals, everything around me. But everyone around me speaking for That was the whole truth. The whole truth. What you want to know about the whole truth? It's all about the truth and nothing but the truth. I want the truth, the whole truth. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, guys. Uh, this is me trying to do the first ending. Um, I'm just going to freestyle this real quick. Hold on. That was the whole truth. Wait, no. I want the truth and nothing but the hot. By the time of the next podcast, I'll have a good ending. If you would like to subscribe to our podcast, please click subscribe. I want the whole truth, nothing but the truth, just the truth, nothing but the nothing but nothing but the truth. Although it doesn't matter if you lie, sometimes it does. Oh, it doesn't. It depends what you lie about, really. Just be honest with yourself more than anyone. Um, so just thanks for listening, really. Big up, Stephen, and um, look after yourselves. <laughs>